Hello everyone. This is the episode 28 of Solid Saturday. Our today's guest is a data scientist and rather than me introducing her, let's hear from her her career journey. How did she find her passion and interest in the data and managing to be one of the leaders in the data science field. So welcome Srilata. I really appreciate your time on my Solid Saturday podcast and uh, I would like to hear from you like you know what do you do? right now and uh, mm-hmm. how did you find your interest in the data science yeah uh, all great questions so uh, just in terms of a quick introduction um i am a data scientist right now and have been in the field for more than um 7 years now uh in terms of my journey and my interest in the field right i did my under- undergrad in computer science so mm-hmm. i started off um in the realm of programming per se I was an application developer uh, for about two years right after graduating from undergrad, and sort of at that point in time, I was heavily coding within Java and SQL, and you know more on the business intelligence side of things, building uh, SQL reports and things like that. Um, but I got you know uh, exposure to a little bit of you know forecasting models and how they are used in the financial industry and things like that. So at that point in time. Um, I was very curious to know how these models are built or how do you even you know come up with a prediction mm-hmm. uh since I was only exposed to programming uh, at that point in time and a little bit of statistics I was I sort of wanted to explore that uh, whole whole area more so one thing led to the other and I did my masters in analytics from Northwestern University mm-hmm. um and that's sort of where uh, my analytics or data science journey basically started um and i have been working as a data scientist for the for the last 5 plus years now um and it's 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 been a been a great journey like i've absolutely enjoyed every aspect that that comes in the field um you know being from working in the weeds of the data or coming up with insights and presenting them i kind of kind of like how the full 360 of data science comes together Oh that's great actually great to hear from you uh, and I feel like you entered into the field at the right time as you said that you are in the area <laughs> plus years so that's a great thing actually a lot of people miss that opportunity to being in the same kind of a technology which is in a boom uh, mm-hmm. opportunity to work in the same kind of area so yeah. you, and uh, moving towards our next question is about you know what specific learnings as you mentioned that you know you did masters in the data analytics so which mm-hmm. kind of a right step towards your interest and what specific learning from academics do you think that are always useful in your day to day activities in job role yeah that's a great question and i think especially the point that you made you know about the timing um that's that's definitely been a factor in terms of the growth i have experienced along the years uh and and i would say like when i started my masters program in terms of what i learned in academics right has evolved a lot in the last uh 5 to 7 years like i have been in touch with um students from northwestern right now and i've seen what their course structure is like it's amazing to see how it's been evolving mm-hmm. uh but specifically in terms of um you know the the things that uh stood out to me within the academics realm was getting three things i would say actually first one getting an extremely good handle on uh, statistical and probability principles like that sort of lays the foundation uh, for data science so even understanding something as basic as how does a hypothesis testing work right what does a p value even mean um, why do we care about it so much and things like that 
so that foundation to me was uh, very important mm-hmm. the second thing sort of you know a little bit diving from uh, there would be uh, insight into how uh, predictive algorithms or algorithms in general within data science work right be it even a simple regression model what is it that uh, encompasses it uh, when you tweak certain variables how does the model change how does accuracy change um, you know what variables are selected sort of understanding the fundamentals behind them uh, was extremely good in an academic environment because um, i would definitely say this within an academic environment you uh, you cannot tend to get clean data so <laughs> that hard work uh, is done so you can concentrate on looking at these fundamentals and things like that and i find that to be very important to get a good handle on at that point in time because mm-hmm. once you're roped into um, actual work mm-hmm. you're going to spend more than 50% of your time wrangling data and you know just battling with it yeah. so um it's important to sort of have those concepts already ingrained um sorry i i went into a tangent a bit uh, that was the second one i would say uh, the third one uh, that i i really liked during my uh, masters program you know specifically even during my undergrad the whole idea behind using visualizations to uh, communicate a story or share what the insights or findings are from an analysis um and and this this happens even on a day to day basis right you're working um in 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 the in the weeds of the data and then you sort of forget um what the bigger question was so the ability to take a step back understand what the bigger question was and then be able to communicate those uh findings to a non technical audience i guess that skill set um is something that you know uh, is is very important to hone and um i guess uh, within academia and you know within uh, courses in universities or even online courses that are offered these days right there is a very good data visualization component that i would emphasize uh, sort of you know uh, looking into and picking up those skills yeah you mentioned very valid point here actually you know when you learn into academics actually you learn lot more on the technology side and definitely mm-hmm. you miss that aspect of how you can uh, convey the results to non technical person right. and when it comes to business actually it's very important that you should be able to communicate those insights in irrespective of this uh, technological terms like as you mentioned whether it is a null hypothesis hypothesis or p value they don't consider it as like valuable for them yeah. when it comes to their metrics they are more or interested to understand it as a business aspect of it so definitely uh, that is something uh, useful insight and uh, moving towards our uh third question mm-hmm. is about you know once you did uh, your academic learning uh, mm-hmm. what additional efforts did you put to learn about data science from your side that's a great question um that is something that is on an ongoing basis i would say um just once academia was done right um the the main part that i put emphasis on in learning was when i'm doing my analytics work how is that translating into a business impact mm-hmm. um uh, depending on the use case that you're working on right they can be translated into hard dollars where you can you know come up with was it a cost savings type of a project where your findings led to some cost saving or was it revenue generation can you quantify that and bridge that gap to be able to say what value you're bringing to the table Mm-hmm. um but that being said 
that is sometimes hard to do but also makes your work very rewarding at the end of the day when you're seeing what that impact was so post academia i guess that's one thing that i tried to hone um so that's one aspect the second um i would say you know just going back to what we were discussing before how how over the years in the last decade especially how data science has evolved right um like initially when we started off a lot of uh, uh, you know uh, folks coded in base r base python and things like that now as you know the data sizes are much larger than what they were uh, you know that or we had access to and things like that um there is more effort emphasis on understanding how can these models uh, or the analysis that we are doing can be built at scale mm-hmm. so that's one aspect that i'm you know uh, uh, learning and you know sort of you know imbibing in in, in myself in terms of my skill sets mm-hmm. how do i build my models at scale and also thinking from um a software developer point right at some point in the whole process of data science you got to put that software developer hat on and be like how am i going to productionalize the analysis that i'm doing be it a predictive model or you know unsupervised learning type of a thing uh how does this go into production what are the best practices that i can follow along the way so that you know this is a scalable solution scalable and a robust solution so yeah. and that sort of is an iterative process uh since technologies are evolving there is something new every every other week or month so you got to sort of be on top of it and and see how best you can improvise uh, along the way yeah so yeah that is true actually once you are done with a sample data set with the feasibility or benefit analysis testing uh, definitely that is always the question that you know how that can be implemented on the larger scale and what would yeah. be the major uh, disadvantages or advantages along that path right. so yeah uh, i can also relate to that uh, moving <laughs> towards uh, your new achievement which you recently mm-hmm. published your book in the data science interviews so mm-hmm. tell us something more about it yeah absolutely uh, so the book that i'm writing is uh, titled be the outlier mm-hmm. uh, it's essentially a comprehensive guide on how you can ace data science interviews um a little bit of background to this right i guess when i when i started my data science journey um there was information available i wouldn't say that there wasn't any but i found a lot of uh, interview material in the form of question banks uh, and things like that right like what type of questions you can expect and the answers to that and things um and there was a lot of material out there for you know uh, software engineering type of roles like how do you crack a coding interview Mm-hmm. from a uh, if you were to be interviewing in a product company it's always good to sort of see you know how does a product manager think so you can sort of understand um the the, the whole picture behind the whole analysis that you might be doing as a data scientist mm-hmm. so there were books around product management interviews and books around um uh, software development and things like that but i didn't essentially find like a one stop shop for data science um and after i graduated from my master's program i kept in touch with the folks who were graduating after me and my friends and things like that and you know we sort of always exchanged notes as to what is it that the industry is looking for right now in terms of skills um how is the industry testing you on those skills it's it's evolved so much right um so i made those notes i used them myself i exchanged those things but i was like what i have in front of me is good material um i want to sort of you know 
shape it up well and uh, sort of do the whole whole journey and and make it into a book so this sort of thought started early 2019 and uh, last year around summer is when i started writing uh, the whole book mm-hmm. and it's uh, set to be published in july of this year uh, by nudity press so almost almost through the whole process now and excited um, to see it uh, you know finally take a physical shape and come in my hand um but to give a little more um insight into what the book has right the book essentially talks about um what are the different roles within data science that you can expect because titles uh, across companies differ a lot um there are nuances in the job description that will tell you exactly what they are looking for so it's sort of key to look at those nuances and um you know structure your preparation accordingly so i talk a little bit about how you can identify those things mm-hmm. and also see um where you're at where is it that you want to go so if there is a delta that you want to bridge what are those skill sets that you can bring in and um more from a tactical standpoint there on uh, the book dives into uh, different subsections um specifically you know a uh, very commonly asked machine learning uh, uh type of questions uh so in the in the book itself right i not only attempt to give a sample answer but i'm trying to put a framework or a structure together that uh, any prospective uh, interviewee can use you know to answer those questions so that even if you encounter a question that's probably not in the book uh, there is a uh, framework that you can follow to answer some of those questions so i'm talking about different areas like machine learning models um, you know probability statistics type of questions programming questions uh, things like that and also diving a little bit into case questions because a lot of times uh, i see within data science interviews uh, you know the question starts off with just like a one liner like the revenues have been declining what do we do a little bit of supporting data so it's a mix of you know how do you think about the problem how do you ask for more data what assumptions do you make uh, and how you know how do you highlight the metrics to measure uh, uh, the question being asked so you go into that and slowly you find yourself um, you know coming up with statistical methods that you think would be good and that's where the interviewer may dive deep into it so how to handle those things and also summarize uh, the solution uh, to the problem that was asked so i sort of discuss some of those things and talk about different uh, type of questions that you may uh, encounter like with a consulting company they might be phrased a little differently product companies you know they could be a little bit different so how those differences are and what what a sample answer for that could be like um that's one section um the other one i was just going to say quickly was just talking about how resumes behavioral interviews within data science can change right just given the whole nuances how different it can be so the second half of the book sort of talks into more of those uh, softer aspects of an interview process mm-hmm. that's great actually it yeah, sounds pretty interesting to me and the way you are mentioning that it is more or about building that framework that uh, what are the touch points within the data science area actually uh, how the interview process can be proceeded because i have gone through when i was working as a data scientist i know that uh, when i used to attend to the interviews actually it is always like they will touch some 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 people will ask like i don't know statistics questions in the first round yeah like you know what hypothesis would you use and uh, which value would you look for or how do you come for the insight saying that this gender male gender has the average height more than the female gender or something like that so definitely it is very important actually uh, i can also relate to it that it is very important to build that framework and the thought process to uh, get into the data science and also every data scientist role or any other aspect of the data field any other roles data analyst data engineer every role has a different roles and responsibilities so yeah. um, every organization goes with their own uh, kind of a requirement so it is always there is always a preparation activity behind that so i think uh, it is going to be useful for a lot more people actually students especially so definitely looking forward to that and uh, i would be happy to actually uh, once it get published uh, please let me like you know and uh, i would be happy to make an announcement awesome in- that i yeah. might take i'll definitely take you up on that <laughs> okay so, so uh 
next question is around actually you mentioned a couple of things like you know our programming aspects of r python so which is your programming like a favorite programming language that you always prefer and why that's a good question um favorite is so okay since i sort of started a little bit earlier right um i started in r quite a lot so i am pretty uh, fluent programming in r and spark r and things like that um but there is a shift towards python a little bit um just given the scaling aspect um you know where there are nuances where python is better versus r and vice versa too um but i'm definitely seeing that shift and that's somewhere i'm trying to you know pick up the skill set as well more and more uh, i have been learning pyspark quite a lot in the last couple months and i'm going to say i i like it a lot now so i'm going to come to a point where i might start preferring um you know uh, pyspark more than r i feel like right now my winner is r because of comfort level mm-hmm. uh, but just from a scalability standpoint and things like that i i find uh, you know python to have more advantages these days but that being said i guess <laughs> sql sort of is this um silent winner i would say it's like the slow and steady wins the race kind of a thing where mm-hmm. a lot of the initial analysis that you need to do right um sql is almost always a winner in things like that you need something quick and dirty or you even need something scalable sql has has uh, the answers uh you know to data analytics type of questions so that's that's always going to have this soft corner i guess for me uh, in terms of likeability so no uh, sql is definitely yeah. no doubt is like you know foundation and uh, it is like a must Has you, mm-hmm. um, and then after over that you can choose any programming language on the basis of the business right. requirement. That's very true. Uh, moving towards uh, another uh, favorite question of mine, actually, I okay. asked all the data scientists who came on my podcast that uh, which is your favorite machine learning algorithm and why? Oh wow! Okay, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I am too. That's okay. <laughs> Fine, actually. Okay. Um, so uh, and I'll, I'll sort of dive into why too as well. Um, I. have been working quite a bit with xgboost and we all can know from a machine learning perspective you know if you're into data science that um it's a great model in terms of giving you a good lift in accuracy compared to the other techniques that are already there okay. uh, it has been built advantages of you know uh, having cross validation not overfitting and things like that like it has the ability to uh, control those things based on hyper parameters that you uh, supply to the model so it's highly configurable and uh, very accurate um and the reason i guess why i said that i mentioned too is because a lot of these machine learning models um you know the choice of it depends on the use case that you want um a close favorite of mine uh, you know is is just simple plain old regression and to build on top of that a little bit more regularized regression be it ridge lasso or elastic i sort of have a um you know liking towards them because one it gives you the ability to look at the coefficient values so you're able to tell you know um what particular variable is influencing my uh, prediction at what's what level you're able to sort of you know look at that and uh, uh, sort of scenario plan in a way uh, when you uh, look at those variables and their coefficient values so it gives you insight at that level mm-hmm. um and just in terms of ridge lasso and elastic net within r right it allows you to um, control your beta values so in case you know your certain coefficient should be within a certain range based on the uh, business uh, insight that you have it lets you do that so having that flex- flexibility to uh, have the, you know tune those hyper parameters i guess like these both models have sort of been uh, my close favorite mm-hmm. 
that's good actually thank you for sharing and i heard something different actually otherwise random forest is like a winner <laughs> most actually couple of people said that so i can okay. that random it is just the advanced version of random forest it, it <laughs> is it is had you asked me this question in 2018 i think i would have yeah, said so sure, random forest for sure random forest or actually boost that's fine <laughs> yep <laughs> yep uh next question is along actually uh what kind of recommendations would you like to give to the audience on the basis of like a book online courses or any tools that you would like to encourage people to learn yeah um that's a great question so in terms of online courses right i recently was reading a a, a blog that spoke about how you can build your own curriculum you know like a full fledged masters program uh, by look by basically doing some of these online courses like you may not need to just you know go into a full time school and things like that so that was an interesting perspective um that 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 i wanted to you know quickly share um but in terms of like the various courses and things like that i think like data camp has quite a few of uh, good courses udemy has like these popular um, course websites definitely have those and what i sort of keep going back to in terms of when i am looking at these courses again is like the foundations of you know algorithms or basics of the programming language and things like that like those are great uh, starting points for anyone starting out i would say um and one thing that i would i would definitely want to call out is just given the current covid situation a lot of these platforms have made their courses uh, free or at a highly discounted rate right um i've been i've been seeing like at least 80 to 90% discount on most courses and things like that so this is probably the best time to um you know sort of check some of those boxes off if you have some trainings that you really wanted to do uh, so we definitely wanted to quickly mention that Yeah thank you for sharing actually it is very very useful advice to have like you know insight so moving towards uh, leadership style truly shows that you know you are a leader because you are taking some extra steps to lead you the area you are interested in so uh, how would you describe your leadership style and uh, any specific leader that you would always follow or admire hmm that's that's a good one um i guess my uh, leadership style is sort of more on the collaborative front um in the sense that i value relationship building a lot uh, so when working in a team right i do value everyone's point of view and an open discussion um and trying to see what value each of us bring to the table and then seeing you know what the next steps from there are so i would say sort of a little bit on the collaborative front um uh, in terms of style um in terms of a person who sort of influences me in their leadership style i would say it's it's been indra noi uh for some reason i have closely followed her in the last few years a lot of her talks and things like that one of the things that she always shares and brings to the table is her ability to uh, you know balance uh, you have a work life balance and uh, how she ma- manages you know uh, being at such a high position but also balancing her family So 
I find her not to be just a strong leader, you know, at work, but also a very compassionate and a strong leader at home. Mm-hmm. And that sort of shows in the way she she leads and 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 demonstrates, uh, you know, using examples. So it's it's always nice uh, to to hear of those examples and from a home front as well, right? The insights that she says of how she manages. As I'm growing older, I feel like I'm I'm relating to quite a lot of those than I thought I would have. Yeah, that's true actually. And uh, some people find like you know, uh, uh, one of my guests gave me an advice like you know when I was asking about how people juggle between finding their interest and a career path. So he was saying that there can be fusions as well. Like due to data science, mm-hmm. there are a lot of people can find the fusion between two. So if you are mm-hmm. interested in the music, you can get get into that kind of uh, analytics actually in the data space. Right. So. uh that is kind of a thing that when you are interested in something you can always try to find out the base uh yeah. how you can keep up with that interest and thank you so much for sharing the leadership style yeah Moving towards the last question um any uh wise tip or advice would you like to give to the students or professionals uh, who are looking to get into this data field and uh, start their career journey or grow in their career in this specific field Um I guess one piece of advice from my end would be um to always keep the curiosity hat on that's that's what helps me all the time um because when I'm working through anything right when I question the why um you know that's when I sort of I'm able to easily answer the the how from how and what from there on right like every time when I'm when i'm doing something if it's a task driven work i'm like why am i doing this what is the uh, you know that it's going to solve and things like that why is it needed when i ask those type of questions and i'm curious i'm able to you know follow through uh, uh, and 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 deliver well and think through the whole process so and that's not even in terms of daily work or you know i would say it's in general uh, an advice that i would love to share that you're curious you're going to explore more you're going to try and find out more about something it could be related to data science or not um but if you're curious you're going to want to dig deeper into uh, you know one subject and know more about it so sort of that curiosity can lead to more knowledge building and things like that yeah and i totally agree on that point actually <laughs> that if you are curious uh, definitely you ask more questions to yourself and explore more from your side so yep. be curious is very important being curious is a very important aspect when you are working in any field um and uh, i completely agree on your point so thank you so much for sharing and uh, really really appreciate your time on being on my solely saturday podcast as well as uh, good luck with your book and definitely like you know inform me actually i would be happy to share that in my community mm-hmm. as well as uh, audience hope you will also find this episode useful and as i always say until we meet happy leading let's live together stay safe bye for now thank you thank you